0: This is our second session now on 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 and 2. Now, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, so concerning those two things, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken from your mind or alarmed either by a spirit, some Uh, inspiration from a false spirit, a demon, who had created a false prophecy and deluded the church about the coming of Christ, either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seen to be from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. So he's thinking of the day of the Lord as the coming of the Lord Jesus, the day of the Lord is our gathering to meet him in the air, And some people are saying it has already come. What I want to do in this session is simply focus on this. Do not be quickly shaken from your mind. That's number one. Secondly, don't be alarmed. So this has to do with the mind, this has to do with the emotions. And there's a relationship between the two. Father, as we try to understand Paul's exhortation here in the use of the mind and his desire that they not experience this emotion, grant us to see how Paul thinks about the mind when it comes to matters of eschatology and other matters in the Christian life and how it relates to our emotions. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's start by thinking about this word alarmed. The reason I put the Greek here is because this word only occurs in one other context in the New Testament, and it's exactly the same context as here, namely, in, uh, a context concerning the end of the age, only it's in the mouth of Jesus. Here it is Matthew 24. Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray. So he's very concerned that they not be tricked or deceived. Think clearly now. Don't get misled, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. Don't let that happen to you. Don't want you to be so poor in your thinking that you can be tricked into being led astray like that. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed. Now, that's the exact same word as here, and it's the only other place besides the parallel in Mark where this word is used. And the context is exactly the same because he's saying, I don't want you to be alarmed, for this must take place first, but the end is not yet. And that's the whole point of 2 Thessalonians. Some people are saying, The day of the Lord has come. And Paul's saying, No, it hasn't. The end is not yet. You're being alarmed and you're being shaken out of your mind and led astray. This is exactly the same cluster of thinking that Jesus is warning against right here with the very same language. And it's the only other place in the New Testament where this language is used. Now, the reason that seems so significant to me is that some people take these words in Matthew 24 at the beginning of the chapter and apply them only to A.D. 70, namely the destruction of the temple. And they say that's what Jesus is referring to here, because the disciples asked about, when will you tear down the temple? And my point is, Paul didn't think about these words that way. Now, I don't think Matthew had been written by the time Paul wrote 1 Thessalonians. Uh, I could give you reasons for that, but I'll just leave it. But I do think Paul knew this tradition. He knew these words. One of the reasons you might construe that is because here at the end of the chapter in 2 Thessalonians, he says, so then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. Paul didn't presume that everything he was saying was said by no one else, but that he was also passing on traditions. And among those traditions, I would argue, is this term alarmed and this whole cluster of thought here found in Matthew 24. So Paul understood Jesus' words like this not to refer merely. AD 70. I don't have any problem with referring to these words to AD 70. What I have a problem with is being so tight that you draw a hard and fast line between the reference to AD 70 and the destruction of Jerusalem and the final end, because Paul took this way of thinking and this very expression and he said, No, the day of the Lord hasn't come. And he's not thinking about the day of the Lord as of the destruction of Jerusalem, he's thinking of the day of the Lord as the coming of Jesus and the gathering to meet him in the air. Now, so much for the word alarmed. How do you avoid being emotionally distraught and upset? And the answer is you use your mind to be slow and patient and careful in understanding teachings so that you're not tricked by false teachings that lead you astray. A patient, not a quick, deliberate, thoughtful use of your mind. So, this word from here, I know the ESV translates it in, don't be shaken in your mind, in mind, but that gives the impression that the only thing he's concerned about is the shaking of the mind. That's not what he's concerned about. He's concerned about being shaken from your mind. The word is appall. He's concerned that the shaking, the quickness of the shaking, is disconnecting them from rationality and reason. Shaken from your mind means you're not thinking right. You're being cut off from right thinking. Don't be that way. You need to think rightly. Get your mind in gear so that you're not alarmed. Now, let me just step back and underline this important use of the mind in Paul. Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's the goal of the Christian life, a renewed mind, a mind that can think clear enough to test And discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable and perfect. The reason we need a renewed mind is because once we were alienated and hostile in mind, until we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, and then our mind overcomes this hostility and we're able to think clearly and not be babes in thinking. Brothers, don't be children or babies in your thinking. Be infants in evil, that is, don't go to school and graduate from evil college. <laughs> you don't need to learn everything about evil. Be think be, be mature in your thinking. Go to thinking college. Learn how to think clearly about everything. Use your mind rightly. Second Timothy. Think over what I say, Timothy, for the Lord will give you understanding. It doesn't say The Lord will give you understanding. So, since He gives it, you don't need to think. It says just the opposite with this word for. Think over because through the thinking, He gives you understanding. Or this may be the most important word. Jesus said to them, said to Him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, which I take to mean use every ounce of rationality that you have to grasp as much truth of God as you can and put it like kindling in the furnace of your heart and let the flame burn in love for God. One more text, First Peter 1.13, Therefore, having girded up the loins of your mind, I know This is not translated that way in most modern versions because they don't like this first century image because nobody knows what it means today, presumably. And so it's usually translated having prepared your mind for action. Wow, that's a paraphrase. That's not a translation. What this means is gird up the loins means you've got these long flowing robes on You reach down between your legs, you grab the robes at the back, you pull them up between your legs, you cinch them into your belt, and you turn your robes into trousers so that you can run, fight, do what you need to do. So the minds are pictured as having robes that could get it all tangled up if you don't gird them up. And when they're all tangled up, you can't think straight. So think clearly, be sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Think clearly about the second coming of Christ, and then you don't get shaken quickly out of your mind. From your mind you will avoid unnecessary alarms.